Hello everyone, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Walking Line Podcast hosted by your man, your friend, Ryan Walker. Guys, this episode is dedicated to all you uh, medical professions, professionals out there I should say, who are basically risking your lives to keep us safe. The coronavirus has hit us hard all around the world and you guys are the ones that are on the front line and keeping us safe and keeping us alive. We thank you, we appreciate you and we love you. Please stay safe. Thank you again. So guys, this episode, we've got a great guest for you today. Um, If you're into your fitness, well, you're in luck. We've got a really, really passionate and enthusiastic guy who's a personal trainer. He's absolutely fantastic. Yuri Panzin, he's fucking brilliant. I had a really good chat with him, to be quite honest with you. His enthusiasm and his passion for the actual business shone through. We go through a number of different subjects. Yuri's originally from uh, Russia who migrated over to the US. We go through the transition from that. As you can imagine, that would be a bit troublesome. But the thing is, is we also went through one thing that I didn't realize is the psychology of fitness. Now Yuri's well educated on that and he goes through a number of different things about that. And uh, I learned a lot. I hope for you guys too. So guys, you don't want to hear me rabbit on this bullshit intro. So again thank you so much for listening please like share subscribe it do you think i know share with your friends talk about it in the water cooler you know what i mean <laughs> go for it hope you enjoy take care i don't know why i instigate say what i don't mean i don't know how i got this way i know it's not all right so i'm And we are live. Yuri, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Ryan? Not too bad, not too bad. It's, to be fair, it's lovely and sunny here. It's a bank holiday weekend over here in the UK. So we're actually having a lot of bit of sunshine, which is fantastic. So I'm loving it. Yeah, beautiful weather here in Florida, so no complaints. Is it really? Uh, Florida, it's probably constantly like kind of, um, hot over there, isn't it? It's just like hot all year round. Uh, most of the year, yeah. I live in the northern part of the state, so we get warm temperatures as well. But sometimes, you know, in January, February, sometimes we get a dip. So it feels good to be back, you know, at, at our warm temperatures again. <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't complain. Well, the only thing that's really dodgy about Florida from like a UK perspective is the hurricanes that you constantly get over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hurricane season start uh, june 1st until i think november 1st so during that time frame we get a lot of different hurricanes and warnings and, and yeah it's it's not very fun sometimes you know i don't this is what i don't understand sometimes excuse obviously the the uh the mindset but why would anyone want to go, you've got a season dedicated to hurricanes why would anyone want to live there You've got a season dedicated to it. It's like, nah. And it, and it, it's like going somewhere and having like a season dedicated to, I don't know, like hailstones. Or thunder. You just wouldn't do it, would you? Well, the, when I say season, meaning that when, that's the time frame when hurricanes occur, there's only a handful of them actually end up touching Florida, you know? So a lot of them end up being in the Caribbean um, area. You know, some of them will go towards Mexico, some will go north. So a lot of them not end up actually touching the Florida, which is a good thing. Oh, that's not too bad. But saying that, you're, you're not obviously a, a, a native to Florida. 
You did what? You're not actually a native to Florida, are you? Oh, really? No, I did not know that. <laughs> no, I said you're not a native to Florida. So um, I did not know that. No, so so what about you? You, you obviously not live in Florida anyway. What about you originally from? Oh, you're asking me. Sorry, sorry, man. I misunderstood you. Yeah, know, to be from, fair, I'm to be fair, this is, this, is, uh, this is a dodgy one. You've got a Russian and a Scottish guy on, on our podcast <laughs> together. There was obviously going to be some, like, kind of, um, uh, a little bit of dodginess with the, the, the translation, but we'll do our best, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, this was great, man. You asked me, like, twice, and I'm like, no, I did not know that. I thought you were telling me you were native, native to Florida. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm from Russia originally. I moved to US about 20 years ago. Um, and um, I lived in four different states. And so, you know, in about 2004, I moved to Florida. I, I was working full time. I was uh, getting my education here. And then you ended up moving around a um, di couple different states and then, you know, moved back for a job in 2015 again. So I'm familiar with Florida. I like Florida a lot. It's just it's a nice state. There's a lot to do. It's very warm weather, obviously, and there's a lot of beautiful beaches. So I can't complain, man. So what brought you to the U.S. in the first place? Uh, so my mom and I moved to United States. We had some family here um, before us. So my uncle and my aunt actually moved to U.S. before we did. And then when we moved in 2000, my mom actually got married as well. And so my mom and my stepdad live in Illinois. Um, and so I have some family in that state, plus in Virginia, which is nice. That's not too bad, really, to be fair. That's quite, I mean, it must be a bit of a change coming from, like, in a, um, were you quite, well, what age were you, how old were you when you, you, you came over to the US? I was almost 18. Oh, well, Christ, it must have been a bit of a change, especially when you're so young. Well, not so young, but you're still youngish. So, but you still had a little bit of, like, kind of swab. Yeah. So you must have realized that um, it's a different, completely different mindset different culture really to be fair it must be strange to get used to yeah it's a, it was the life changing event man life changing event funny enough i actually um talked about it i just started podcast as well funny enough so i saw I that just... i saw that i we will plug it later on we will get a, we will give you a plug later don't panic <laughs> we'll get you, nice, get you some recognition nice. on that one <laughs> yeah well the reason I brought it up is because I just, my very first episode was humble beginnings and immigration to us. And I talked about it a little bit and you know what this whole change entailed, because that, that is not something that you imagine at first when you move to a different country, you, you, you picture it in your head differently. And then when you move to a different country, it's like, man, you don't speak the language. You're not familiar with the culture. It's a different mindset just about everything is different from what you expected, you know? So it's a, it's a huge change. I mean, what was the, when you, you said it was like a huge uh, change, what was the biggest thing that really kind of really, well, the hardest thing you had to really overcome when you came over? I would say two things, definitely communication, because it's just, there's no way around, you know, you can't communicate the same way that you used to. You just don't speak the language. And then even if, even when you end up being better and speaking better language, there's still a lot of slang that you don't understand and then cultural references that you don't understand. So it, it really takes time to get there, you know? And number two is a mindset and mentality. It, it's just, people are different. It's like going to a, a different planet, you know? Like the, the values and the, the, the cultural preferences and Everything else is just 180 degrees from Russia, you know, where I was from. So, you know, 
everything <laughs> everything was different, man. I can imagine. Did you get any sort of like kind of, I, I don't want, I hate to say, did you get any like kind of backlash, obviously from, obviously coming from Russia to the US, did you get anyone giving you a lot of crap, a lot of shit coming over sort of thing? A little bit uh, kind of, I don't want to say it, but a little bit of like kind of hard time for where you came from. Yeah. You know, luckily, no, not so much. Uh, I, luckily, hardly ever, hardly none. Right. Um, I thought the same thing when I was moving at first. I was like, okay, well, people probably not going to like me because of Cold War and this and that and everything that went down between U.S. and Russia, you know. And what I, what I learned is that people, generally speaking, people nice to other people. There's no problem on the individual level. You know, I think a lot of it is political. A lot of it is, is propaganda. And so um, it, was, it was a pleasant surprise because people are very friendly here for the most part in U.S. In US. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the US. Obviously, I'm uh, based in the UK and England. Um, love it here, but I have been to the US a few times during my time as obviously an ex forces man myself. I get to travel around a lot, but I loved it over there. And one of my favorite places to go to was actually in Nevada. I went to uh, Vegas um, probably about four years ago, and I can't yeah. lie to you, I had the best time ever. It was crazy. The amount of things you can do. And the things you can eat, that is the main thing that really freaks me out. I went downstairs, this is a crazy story. I went, we're in the, it wasn't the, what was the Bellagio? It was actually the, oh, what was the one? I can't remember. It was in the main street. I can't even remember the hotel name. It will come to you at some point. Um, but I went downstairs and you pay $10 for breakfast. And it's a massive breakfast from around the world. And you had steaks. They had, they had everything. They had everything from like, um, German, then they had French, then they had the UK, and they had the US. And the US one was the best. You could have like yeah. donuts and cheese on it. And I'm saying to myself, no wonder that so many people in the US are like kind of a bit, ob I want to say obese, but on that sort of heavy set because you can't help it because I would be, you know. And um, apologies for any Americans people living, uh, listening to this. I love you really. But your diet, guys, come on, you need to sort that out. You know, it's, um, I'm used to having Cocoa Pops and uh, <laughs> fried breakfast in the morning. I'm Scottish. I love the porridge. So I, I'm grow, I've grown up with that sort of stuff. So that's the sort of mentality I've yeah. got. But having steak for breakfast is literally a dream of mine, to be honest. I love meat. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas is a fabulous place to visit. You know, I visited um, so far only once, but I've, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I enjoyed the, the, the infrastructure, you know. Mm. And the, the, the number of activities that they have in hotels, you know, I, I actually had a different perception too. I thought that there was a one or two huge casinos in Las Vegas. And I thought that's what the business was. And then I realized, okay, that's not what it is. Every single hotel has a huge casino in it. Yeah. And that was mind blowing. I've never seen anything like that in my life, you know? It was great. But, um, I actually went with, um, well, well, now my ex-girlfriend at the time, we went over there and um, she went up to, she, I think it must have been about two o'clock in the morning. And you don't know what time it is over there because you're in the casinos. And um, she went upstairs. She was, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have a, a little drink beforehand, finish my drink off and I'll meet you up there. And I was walk, as I was walking towards the, the elevator, uh, I was walking through the poker table and there was a space left in the poker table. And I was like, Ah, why not? I, I've not played poker since I've been here. 
I'll sit down. And I made friends with this guy from Texas. And this guy from Texas was amazing. He was such a good laugh. And uh, me and him, he was like a proper brazen Texan, you know. I don't want to put the accent on because I don't want to offend anyone. Right. But um, he was so much fun. And we're having a great time. Next thing I know, it's four in the morning. And I looked at my phone because it was on silent. And I had like so many missed calls. And I was like, oh, I'm so much trouble. And I lost a lot of money as well. So that's... Uh, <laughs> anyone who wins when they go to Vegas, they're doing something. Well, they're not doing something. They're doing something right. But I don't know yeah. if it's legal. Don't know if it's legal because I lost a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's sometimes it's how it goes. A lot of people lose money there, but it's fun, you know. I know, right? So, so you're 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 a, you're a fitness man, aren't you? I, I say that a fitness man. Sorry, but you're a, a fitness instructor. Yeah, by trade, by trade. That's a crazy. That's a, that is. Um, it's a hard profession to get into. To be fair, you know how? To, uh, what what made you kind of really put your time and effort into something doing something like that? So you know, I've always been active throughout all my life. I've been active. I've been I've been playing multiple sports growing up. I used to love play soccer. I used to um, play water polo. Also, you know. I had background in swimming. Uh, then I transitioned playing basketball. So I've always been athletic and, and always been in sport. When I moved to US, I continued that trend, continued to be active, continued to play sports. I really wanted to play in collegiate basketball actually at first. And then All I right. quickly realized that that was not going to happen. <laughs> very, it's very competitive over there. The college, the college sport itself is literally so, so popular. And there's so yeah. much money and stuff going into that. I never realized that was the case. I thought, like, because yeah. we over here in the UK, we have college stuff, but it's amateur. It's not anywhere near what you're going to get over there. And it was just like, I can't believe this. And I was watching a video saying that. I was actually watching a video the other day there uh, about college basketball. Uh, it was like, no, it was college football. And the mm -hmm. amount of people who were there is shocking. I was like, wow. That is, you could fit the amount of people in one of our biggest stadiums, like Old Trafford, where Manchester United play, or Wembley, our national yeah. arena, in one of these college stadiums. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, collegiate sports here are the next level. I actually don't know what other country in the world would have that level of collegiate sports in terms of attendance, specifically for basketball and football. Football is number one sport. And you have stadiums that, you know, 70,000 people and more. I, I've never seen stadiums like that in my life. Even some big stadiums in Europe, soccer stadiums, sometimes not as big. Most of the time, not as big as some of these collegiate stadiums here. Division one, granted, you know. Wow. But it's unbelievable, man. It, it's, not, it's not out of norm. But So the town where I'm living right now, Gainesville, Florida, uh, our stadium is 88,000 people. So, you know, there's almost 90,000 people. And actually, attendance-wise, there I think there were 90,000 before, so some of them just standing, you know? So imagine there's 90,000 people watching a, a college, college kids play football. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe. To be fair, getting like ninety thousand people in one stadium in the UK and England sort of thing would be, well, well, would be a bit bad news to be honest, because there's bound to be carnage. And imagine the same sort of thing over in Russia as well. Get that many people together, it would be yeah. crazy, would it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So collision sports are unbelievable. In in um, Division One athletes, actually, some of them, they're good enough to. Um, 
being professional leagues, mm. maybe not necessarily in US, some of them, but some other countries for sure, you know, so it's, it's a very high level. So back to my story, you know, um, I ended up going to college here actually in this same town. Um, and when I came to college, I acquired a part-time job in a fitness facility oh. on campus. You know, and started working in the weight room, started in a very basic job, just cleaning equipment, re-racking weights, providing customer service, insurance safety, all the basic stuff, you know. And then um, worked my way up, got promoted to uh, like a supervisor position the next semester. The following semester, start working in an office doing some admin managerial stuff. So kind of started working through the ladder. But then I realized that I really enjoy fitness field i really like it i really like being around people i really like helping people to get fit and that was kind of a perfect opportunity for me to combine my athletic background with my newly found passion you know and fast forward a few years you know went to grad school acquired a few certifications and started training and i've been training now for over 10 years and it's been an incredible journey you know it's it's, it's hard to describe because when you see someone, it's not just about results. Obviously, results are amazing in its own right when somebody can actually get something from working out. But mm -hmm. I think there's great, um, I get a great satisfaction from teaching someone and seeing when someone gets a new skill, you know, when somebody is like learning how to do deadlift properly and you're the yeah. one who contributed to it. And you now, you know, the way I think about it is not just them doing a deadlift, it's now they can actually pick up something from the ground correctly in their daily life that can prevent them from getting, you know, getting injured, you know, down the road. And to me, these are the powerful concepts, you know? Oh yeah. I can completely imagine that as well. I completely understand. I completely agree. I mean, the thing is, is when you teach someone like that, you're actually teaching them like, the proper form, the proper mentality. And it's not just about obviously form, as you mentioned before, it's actually the education behind it and what you're doing and how you're doing it and how to make it better. And I've noticed obviously with yourself, looking at your Instagram and obviously your, your Facebook and obviously YouTube channel uh, and podcast coming as well. Um, yeah that you actually kind of concentrate on that and actually explain it to them um, what you're actually doing and how this is actually going to benefit you, um, which I find that the fitness industry is a lot of people in the fitness industry is lacking that they don't come out with the explanations behind it. And mm -hmm. they don't, they, they just think that one size fits all. So one sort of like kind of program is catered to everyone, but everyone's different and what might work for someone might not work for someone else. So it's, it's educating them that. And I think that's probably, it actually it is, it's actually a really good thing that you're doing sort of thing and educating people more into the side of things and how to do it properly. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned it, you know, because this is exactly right. People, everyone is different. So, you know, you and I might actually react differently physiologically on the same program. So, you know, you might gain weight where I might lose weight from doing the circuit training, for example, right? Yeah. Depending on how it's done. So I'm with you. I don't, I don't look at it as one size fits all. I just don't think there's this, this side to thing because physiologically, each person, it's, all, it's its own biological entity, if you will. Definitely. 
definitely. I mean, the thing is, is um, when I started doing, because I, I used to do a lot of fitness before, well, not so much now since I've been become a father. Uh, I don't get the chance <laughs> to really kind of do a lot of fitness, but I do a lot, especially at home uh, with the lockdown situation that's happened. I've been doing a lot of home workouts and a lot of body weight. And I love doing the body weight stuff, even though it's a lot harder than I think, in my opinion, body weight exercise is a lot harder than just doing weights and circuit mm-hmm. training. And, oh, my God, pull-ups. Pull-ups are killing me. And um, <laughs> I, I've got a pull-up bar in my, uh, um, hooked up to my doorway. And I've been doing that. And I'm like, oh, my God, the next day, my back is in bits. And um, I'm doing a lot of press-ups. So, I mean, it's the thing is when it comes to the fitness side of things, do you think there is a lot of, how would I say, like kind of bad advice getting bashed about around there? Say it again. Do you think there's a lot of bad advice from certain trainers that are actually going on at the minute that's actually doing people a lot more harm than good? I think that there's certainly some of it exists. You know, I think that some trainers, um, the way it's the way that they train and the way that um, they portray their message, you know, it 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 depends. It comes back to the intention, I think. You know, what is the intention behind your actions? So if trainers intention to really help someone and they really working hard at it, if they're doing research and if they're being patient and if they're taking one step at a time with someone, I think it's a good thing. But some trainers, um, you know, if, if they really just um, push it too hard or if they're not really caring about the person that they're working with, Sometimes it could be detrimental in nature, you know, because I think at the end of the day, we're in this industry to help people. So our focus should be people that we work with. If, if, if we lose that focus, then we lose automatically, you know, because this is really what we should be uh, concerned with the most. I'm not sure if I answer your question. I feel like I'm just rambling. No, 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 not at all. It's, it's, it's literally what you said there is completely right. It's, you can see the people that... Um, are doing it for the right reasons and the, the people who are just doing it to make money. Uh, yeah. And that's, that is a massive divide. And you can, I, I think it's quite hard to actually see that sometimes because the people who just want to make money cover that up a little bit. And, and it's a bit of a plague on the industry. And, and we mentioned this before, the, the, the fitness industry is getting like a bit of a bad name because of people like that. And it's such a shame because there's people like yourself who are trying to change things and trying to mix it up and bring it in to say, like, I'm here to help you. doesn't matter what sort of, like, kind of size, level, anything like that. We can cater to what you need. And it's horrible when people are just, when people like yourself are being tarnished with that sort of brush. Yeah, for sure. 100%. You know, the way I think about it is any client should be able to get better, feel better. So I guess maybe we can start with that, feeling better. Yeah. Feeling like there is incremental successes and incremental improvements happening throughout the journey and if that feeling is not there then you have to really question what's going on here because there is a number of trainers who um, have great physique you know and who are very capable athletes themselves but that doesn't always necessarily translate into them being good coaches and good trainers it's not to say it can some of them are terrific so it's it's now black and white type of thing right so, of course, there's going to be people who are excellent trainers and who are excellent athletes. There's going to be people who are excellent athletes and very, very lousy coaches, you know. So, I think from, from a client standpoint, as a client, as a consumer of these services, 
I really have to be critical and ask myself, am I getting better? Am I feeling better? Am I feeling like I'm, a, I'm achieving something? Because good trainer, what, what good trainer will do, they will build you up. They will break you down just enough, just enough. Of course, there's going to be stress in, in terms of training, right? Yeah. But there's going to be just enough in order to build you up next day, right? And then build you up next day. Yeah. And so that's how it works. And so it's a very delicate process because anyone can, I can give you, I can say, hey, Ryan, look, let's do 30 burpees right now. I will kill you, you know? <laughs> and I will die. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, but it does not mean that you actually will get better. Yeah. So, you know, training and coaching is delicate process because we have to understand number one, like the physical history, right? Where the person is starting. We have to understand that psychologically where a person is currently at. We have to understand if that person is competitive or if that person more reserved. There's a lot that goes into it, you know? And then once you understand all of these things, you got to be able to create a sound program. And even then you need to be able to be flexible to change and humble enough to be able to change in a fly, you know? So there's a lot goes into it, but it's a beautiful thing when it all works out, you know? You mentioned about the psychological side of things, and I think that's a, a big thing, uh, especially nowadays. I'm just going to try to see if I can pick your brains about this. With things that are going on, obviously with the lockdown side of things, psychology is obviously going to be a big part of like, fitness right now. And it's a, it's a lot of people are starting to kind of use fitness as a way of getting out of it. But do you think with... Like the, the, the exercise and fitness and things, do you think that is a good way to, I wouldn't say like kind of distract yourself, but a good way of kind of making your, like uh, yourself better? Do you think psychology really kind of hinders that? Do you think that's a good way of getting you out there, getting, using fitness as a way of, um, how can I put it, like kind of sorting yourself out on this sort of situation? Do you think that's a good way of putting it? Psychology plays a huge role. Yeah. Huge role. And, and you know, I think there are different levels to that too, because psychologically, like think of, um, think of a situation in your life when you, when you conceive something in your mind, you know, when you imagine something that you wanted to do in your mind and, and then you went for it, you already had a roadmap or at least some sort of direction in your mind, some sort of conviction in your mind, right? And when you, when you do that, there's a great amount of, you know, mind to body connection that I think now it's coming to the uh, forefront than previously, you know, and I think we're only going to learn more about it. But think about um, the exact another example, the opposite example is think about a day when you exhausted, and you just got done with work and you're dragging your feet, right? Mm -hmm. And you literally come to work out and you just you just not feeling it, you mentally not there, maybe you have a headache, maybe you're concerned with uh, emails that you didn't get to that day. Maybe you're concerned with relationships, whatever the, uh, the, the case may be, you're just not into the right state of mind to actually exert. There's, um, I heard this saying from one of the holistic practitioners, his name is Paul Czech. He said, uh, you should not work out unless you worked in. Worked, wow. in meaning, worked in meaning being able to sleep, recover, being able to be in the right place physically, mentally, um, in order to, um, you know, regulate your stress. So if you have too much stress, you also not worked in, you know, so you shouldn't be working out because then you're tipping the scale. Your, your balance is, is, is a fine thing, right? So if mm. your stress here, 
then you need to break it down first before you can, because because workout is a stress. So if your stress already here, and then you're adding with the workout, then your stress is growing. Your sanity is right here, right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So so mental mental part of it is, is huge, and it it will directly impact physical. I I believe it because try to work out when you're in a good move, in a good mood versus when you're in the in a horrendous mood. You know. Yeah. Have you are you seeing that a, a lot more recently with people um, not being in the right state of mind to work out and not a right state of mind when they come to you? Well. I'm lucky in that regard because people that I'm actually communicating with, uh, they seem to be enthusiastic about the opportunity to exercise to begin with, you know? Right. So I think this is one of the most difficult parts, you know, how do you deal with these circumstances when individuals maybe are um, stressed out or maybe even a little bit depressed and how do you approach them? Um, I haven't had many of those cases yet, luckily, but I know it's out there. I know people are in a, a lot of people are in, in tough shape right now because of the coronavirus. Many people mm -hmm. lost their jobs. Many people really worry about their family or maybe even their family members have been affected. So it's not easy right now, you know, so I'm not going to sit here and say that everyone should just be positive. But luckily, you know, I think there's also some things that people can do to do some introspection and figure out some positive things in their life that they can hang their heads on, you know? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I know I understand that there is a lot of stuff going on, but I, th I do think fitness is enjoyable. I think once you get into that frame of mind and once you start kind of putting the effort in, it is, I, I love doing it. I love doing it. It takes a lot of time for me to get into it. Um, the first time I hate it, I'm like, oh my God. But then you get over that hurdle and once you go over that hurdle, it actually it benefits you and you start to feel a lot, lot better. And I don't know, I, 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 you can actually answer this actually for me, Yuri. Is, does Because a lot of my friends used to say this to me, that when you do exercise, it releases endorphins in the brain. Is that actually a true story? Yeah, they're doing research and scientists saying that's what's happening, you know? So there's plenty of articles, scientific articles that um, you can look at and see that that's the belief the premise right now scientific premise is that when you exercise you do release pleasure hormones endorphins that's supposed to make you feel better now you know i want to add something because you touch on something very important i think you mentioned two things that are critical you just said that you enjoy fitness and then you hated it first to get over the hurdle so the I had a series on my Instagram, which happened by accident, randomly, actually. I just, I just started this thing, five videos, and first of them was, well, the series was uh, five things that everyone should know about exercise, right? And actually, the, the, the first video was enjoyment. And I think that this is a very um, under, underutilized concept, I would say, because you just said it yourself, like, you love it, but then... You hated it first. So what I'm getting at is people have, a lot of people have perception about exercise that it must be very painful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> very not enjoyable, right? Yeah, that's, uh, and so, it does happen. It does happen, but it does, it's a good thing. I always say to myself, if it doesn't hurt, it's not doing the work. You know what I mean? That's just what I used to say. Yeah. Yeah, and then so I think like if we if we want to really look 
go a little bit deeper into this concept, right? And really look at it a little bit deeply and more holistically. So what is exactly exercise? It's essentially some sort of movement. Unless you're talking about a specific modality of training, if you're talking about doing deadlift and you just want to deadlift more weight, okay, you're talking about deadlift, that's what you want, fine. But if you're talking about just exercise in general, then we can think of movement, a variety of different movement as exercise, right? And so the question becomes, what it is that, if you just want to be in shape in general, so the question becomes is, what do you enjoy to do? You know, do you enjoy dancing? Do you enjoy doing gardening? Do you enjoy hiking? Do you enjoy maybe, um, you know, connecting with your inner child and just being silly and just shake your shoulders, you know, once in a while and smile, right? So if, if the answer is you just want to be fit, you don't, have to, you don't have to do things that cause you pain or that you hate to do. Movement comes in an infinite amount of forms and shapes, you know? And I think that that's sometimes that people don't necessarily, not that they don't understand, they don't think about it that way, right? Because if I'm going to go and walk for, for 35 minutes one day, even if I'm out of shape, then in one week, I can probably walk twice as fast. In three weeks, I can probably jog, or maybe I can increase the distance of my walk. And that alone can give you enough movement to stay above water, you know? Yeah. And so there's just a lot of different ways to do this. Do you, do you, when it comes to like um, things like that, do you think people get a little bit bogged down a little bit? Can I, um, they, they get information, different information from everyone. Do you think that people are just a bit confused about everything? You just need to take a step back because there's so much conflicting evidence out there about different trainers say this, and then another trainer says this. I mean, what, what, what's your thoughts on that sort of side of things? Yeah, it's funny that you said that because I actually wrote down one of the points in my, in my notepad is social uh. media influence, you know? And um, I mean, I think it comes down to, to two things, right? Is your personal beliefs or what's, what's effective for you and what you must do in order to succeed. And then of yeah. course, influences that you have, right? The influences in terms of whoever your role models or people that you look up to, right? So if your influences on social media, for instance, or online, you know, tell you that you need to do certain things to be fit and you pay attention to that, then I think naturally you're going to be drawn to that and then you'll try to mimic that or achieve that. Yeah, yeah. I say, when it comes to the social media things, I, I, especially Instagram, you see all these fitness models on Instagram, don't you? And you see all of these guys lifting like the bench press and like 500 pounds and then it comes out like, is that actually 500 pounds or is that actually proper dodgy ones? Is that some uh, uh, fake plates and all that sort of stuff? And they're telling people to do things that are not exactly safe. And it's social media is a great, great tool, especially for uh, the fitness industry as well, especially for my industry where I'm in like the, the interviewing and podcasting side of things. But it's so, it has such a bad reputation as well because there's a lot of cowboys on there. And a lot of people give bad advice. And it's a shame, really, to be fair, that people are not using it as effectively. Yeah, a couple of things that I want to say that I think would, it's, very, it's important in my mind for, uh, for audience in general, for whoever you are. And I have to remind myself of those things. I heard this um, stat that before emergence of social media, the number of um, the psychological problems and, and psych, psych, psychiatrist visits were lower. You know, 
So that's that's actually I think an indication, you know, indication that that people compare themselves to other individuals, and then obviously when when we can't amount to that, we tend to go to into depression, right? Mm. And I think that this is a slippery slippery slope. This is a dangerous path to be on, right? So I think another thing that's very important in that regard is trying to compare yourself only to yourself. So if I'm going to do push-ups, for instance, and that's my goal, and last week I've done, let's say, 25 push-ups, and this week I, I can do 27, I should be celebrating the shit out of this, you know? It's true. I, I should be really celebrating. I should be writing it on a board. I should be, you know, patting myself on the shoulder. I should be buying myself a beer. I should be celebrating so the problem is coming back to the psychology of things right is that we get we tend to get down on ourselves so when we don't do something we automatically compare to ourselves or you know criticize ourselves and say oh you're not good enough because you couldn't do that we got to reverse the thinking we got to reverse it 180 degrees and say no instead of doing that i need to be focusing and celebrating my successes i don't care what it is because you know, another thing too that is huge in that regard is that I think a lot of times perception about exercise is being able to get to the end goal, right? It's like, okay, I want to gain 10 pounds or I want to lose 15 pounds, right? And there's a guy, author, uh, Simon Sinek, and he just wrote a book, Infinite, uh, Infinite Game. And so in his book, he talks about how business, it, it, it's a game with no end. Because it's it's not like you know it's a it's a, it's a four quarter game or you know three hundred sixty five days type of game. It's a game that continues. If you want your company to survive, it must go on, right? So it's the same thing with fitness. Like we have to exercise for the rest of our lives in order to be healthy. So why in the world do we we get down on ourselves if we did not lose one pound in two weeks? You have years to come to achieve that goal. But see, people don't have that mindset. And therefore, when you, when you want to achieve specific goals and you so hard on yourself in order to be, achieve those goals within those timeframes, sometimes I think it takes away from the journey. And, and it also does not help us as individuals with really embracing ourselves and taking our time and doing it as an infinite game type of approach, you know? Yeah. You, 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 talk, you talked about the infinite game. Um, I, I love that phrase, and I love how you described it there. Where did this come from? What's, what's the infinite game? Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, so um, the guy's name is Simon Sinek. He is an um, entrepreneur, a public speaker. He, the one who, he has a number of TED Talks, actually. One of his most famous TED Talks is um, Start With Why, you know? Right. And he talks about right. businesses and why a lot of businesses uh, thrive while others actually not. And so he wrote a number of books. Um, I have his book actually that's called Why Leaders Eat Last, um, or actually it's called Leaders Eat Last, I think. And his latest book, it's called An Infinite Game. And so in his book, he talks about that business is an infinite game. Business does not have an end. So the other words, if you, let's say, own um, a, a grocery store, you know, as a grocery store, your approach should be to stay in business as much as, as long as you can and be as successful as you can. 
Therefore, you must create sustainable practices for your customers and for your employees. Mm. And so with that, when you change this mindset to an infinite game, and Simon talks a lot about how businesses have this arbitrary goals, sales goals to hit within one year, you know? And, he's, uh, and his question is, why we need to hit these goals within this period? What's gonna happen after this period, you know? And if we don't make these goals within this period, does it mean we fail? Mm. You know, because the business continues to exist. So why we get caught up on hitting this goal, you know, in that particular time frame? Because the point is, even if you hit it, let's say, if you have the right trajectory, right? If you're going up gradually and you're improving, right, as an organization, why is this important? Because what, what he's saying is, as long as you're on the right path, you will, you will hit that goal. Yeah. The, the, the goal is, the goal should be the right path and sustainable path not being able to hit the, the, the goal within 365 days and then cause a bunch of stress to your employees and your customers, you know, and, and everything like that, right? So it's a very powerful concept because a lot of things in life, I think it's applicable. It's an infinite game that we're trying to treat as if it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a four-point game. I mean, four-quarter game, you know? Yeah. And it's really not. Well, that's the thing. It's like we're in a society now that, we are in a society of impatience. We want everything now, now, now. We want to put like, for instance, like when it comes to like fitness and stuff, or even a business, you want to be successful in your first year. You want to be a millionaire within two months because you've got a great idea. And then for fitness and fitness, I want to work out for my summer body, beach body, when I go on spring break or I go on holiday. And then you work out or you do your business for a short amount of time. You don't see the success of it everyone just gives up and they don't realize it's it's not a marathon it's a, it's not a sprint it's a marathon it takes a long time to make yourself better in business and to make that business a success and it's obviously it takes a long time to build your body up and take that time to nourish it feed it the proper um the food that goes into it work out the proper way and you'll see results but people just i think a lot of people nowadays are just so impatient now now and they just give up so easily and it's so frustrating when you see it yeah, it is. It is. And I think you're right. I think there's a lot of impatience out there in the world. And the question, I guess, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what, what is important? And, and some of the things that you probably can think that you were successful in your life and how long did it take to build? Yeah. You know? Like nothing, nothing that's, that's very meaningful in life comes overnight almost, right? So any skill to develop, any relationship to develop, you know, uh, acquire education, you know, acquire meaningful career, all these things take time. Oh, without a doubt. It always takes time. It takes time and just, it's, it's like doing the little things. So the little things I've learned, because I had my own business before this and uh, my own recruitment agency. And it's always, I've learned through the hard way, is the little yeah. things uh, doing the little things right consistently over and over again is the way forward. Not doing these big, massive, elaborate projects. It's not, sometimes that does work. Don't get me wrong. People have done some great things, but yeah. it's the small things. The small things done right constantly, consistently, every day, all the time. And you realize that's the way to get to where you want to get to, sort of thing, you know? 
Yeah, and, and it's a perfect analogy for fitness. It's a perfect analogy oh, yeah. for fitness, you know? Yeah. You, you build yourself up gradually, you know? If you approach it with this concept in mind, knowing that you're going to have to exercise for the rest of your life, because if you exercise and move, you're going to be healthier. That's just mm. the fact, you know? Then, you know, you, you, it changes your perspective. It's, it's like the one thing I seen now, did I was, I can't, to be fair, uh, it just literally just popped in my head when you said that as well. And there was one thing that I was, I was watching, I was reading an article that I did about someone who says that doing all these uh, sets of um, workouts, like say if you're doing pull-ups, for instance, you could do probably like say, I don't know, 10, uh, 10 pull-ups for about three sets sort of thing in a day. But then the next two or three days, you, you have to rest because your, your muscles are burnt out, they're screwed because you've worked them out so hard. And he mentioned saying, why don't you do five pull-ups each day for three reps so you're not yeah. doing the volume but then yeah. the next day you're fine and you could do another five and then the next yeah. day you can do so if you're looking at it so you're, you're doing five seven days a week that's 35 pull-ups but then you're doing 15 every three days you're only doing 30 so and it's just like you're doing more for your body you're working yeah. that body that muscle group out more with the less that you do and that kind of resides into what you what we were saying there about the, the small things that make a difference yeah it's funny because i think i know the exact video that you're talking about it was i believe yeah. it was on joe rogan and it was a trainer of uh, josh st pierre that's uh, the one I, that's the one yeah yeah it's funny i watched that video and i love that video and you know it's a perfect segue into the second video of the series five things that everyone should know about exercises and that's sustainability yeah it's got to be sustainable because if your exercise is not sustainable, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be in pain and you're not going to continue. You're going to, you're just going to quit, you know? And it makes so much sense to me because math just works. So if you're going to come in and do, let's say, let's just say again, 10 pull-ups is everything you can do, right? It's absolutely maximum number of pull-ups you can handle, right? So you're going to do 10 pull-ups on Monday, whatever number of sets. Then on Tuesday, you're probably going to be too hurt to exercise. Potentially on Wednesday, you're going to be too hurt on exercise. So let's say you're going to take two days off just to heal. Then you're going to come back on Thursday and try to do it again, right? So let's just say that you got 30, 30 pull-ups in, you know, in that one day, right? Well, if I'm going to do five, five pull-ups on Monday, you know, um, then I'm going to do, let's say four, you know, four sets of five because I'm able to sustain it, right? Then that's 20 right there. Then, and I can do it on Tuesday, then that's 40 right there, right? And so the math just works, man. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna actually end up with greater number of pull-ups because your body can, you know, sustain this and your body can actually has capacity to work that way rather than just kill it all at once. Definitely, and it's, it's a really, it's, it's a really weird mentality compared to what everyone else used to say that you have to burn your muscles out to failure all the time. You know, it's like you burn the fibers of your muscle to make sure they, they break so they build up again to make yourself bigger and stronger, et cetera, et cetera. And it's such a, a different concept to what we've previously been put out there. And yeah, it's all about volume. I just say it's all about volume. And it's, it's, it, I've, I'm, I may actually try it. I may actually give it a go because I'm rubbish at pull-ups. I might as well just give this a go so I don't feel hurt <laughs> the next day. Yeah. And look, there's a there's couple of points there. You're still going to break down your muscle. 
you know, the, just because you're not doing the maximum amount of pull-ups, it does not mean that you does, do not break down your muscle. Mm. Working at 50 or 60% will still break down your muscle. 70% will still break down your muscle, you know? Okay. Like this maximal work, it's still very, very effective, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for maximum work. If you're an athlete and you're competing in weightlifting and you have competition coming up, do like towards your competition you're going to be very close to your one rep max because you want maximum performance so there is no black and white there's going to be athletes and there's going to be individuals who who need who need to get to that performance right who need to get to the specific result but it depends on what your goal is so if you are normal when i say normal if you let's just say uh, you know average individual who just wants to be in shape you're not competing in any sport right this volume concept works wonderfully why would you as a as a a normal individual as someone who is a non-athlete you know going in the territory towards your maximum lifts is actually kind of reckless you know because there's there's really no there's no good reason to do that you know yeah yeah that's fair enough that's good. It's a good way of putting it, to be fair, because they're just making you, you're just causing yourself more damage, more than anything else. If you're trying to lift like well over what you can, you have to be sensible about it. So there's one thing, right? So what would you say to, to someone who's on the couch, they're listening to this right now. They've been listening to it, they're motivated, but they're not motivated enough to get, your, get, get their ass off the couch, put the can, put the can of uh, uh, Dr. Pepper down, the, the, the Doritos, chuck them in the corner, stop doing that. What would you say to them to get the motivation into getting, getting yourself up off the couch and doing something? Yeah, I guess the question would be, um, what, what do they want for their life? Do they want to be healthy? Do they want to be able to walk on their own when they're older? Do they want to be able to play with their grandkids? You know? Um, those are heavy questions, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, I went for it. I went for it. It's like I, the came, I came in hot with those, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, you, you're going deep now. You're you're going like yeah, yeah. Fuck. I did. Do you, I did. Do you want to die sooner? Than you want? <laughs> you know? like, do you wow. want to leave or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Do you want to die when you walk down the street? Do you want to have a heart attack? Walk into the fridge? No, look, at the end of the day, like all jokes aside, so obviously that was a little deep, but at the end of the day, each person needs to find their own reason and they need to figure out what's important to them. I cannot really, at the end of the day, I cannot motivate somebody who does not want to do something, right? So you got to figure out for yourself, do you want to be healthy or you don't want to be healthy? And what is your reason for being healthy? And the thing is, if the answer is yes, if you want to be healthy, I'm here to tell you that there there are a lot of resources and there are a lot of ways for you to get healthy. You don't have to do something that feels wrong to you. You don't have to do something that uh, some Joe Schmo tells you to do. You can find your own way because life is about finding your own way ultimately, you know, but just because, just because you are on a couch right now and you don't feel you can do that action cures all. So if you do a little bit, if you do something that you can handle today, whatever that is, I don't care if you walk for three minutes in your living room and then you sit down, that's better than not walking for three minutes. And so if you have a mindset that anything is better than nothing, then you can build from there and you'll be amazed once you start doing something, like 
people like to talk shit. That's the problem. You know, people, people like to just talk shit, but they don't like to do shit. So when you, once you start doing, like, don't tell me unless you've done it. And when I say done it as a trainer, I want to see you do your best. Your best will very greatly depend on who you are. For someone, your best is going to be one push-up. But this is truly, if that's truly your best and you tried it, I love you for it. You know, as a trainer, I respect you. Much, much, much respect. But if you just say, but don't do, then I can't. I can't talk to you because, you know, you have to try at least, you know. I love that. I tell you what, you're, you're, you're making me want to go and work out now. You make me, I want to, I want to, I want to jump on this pull-up bar right now and just bust out, bust out like 15 of them and just but, go, come on, let's go for yeah. it. But you know, like to, to reiterate that one more time, I think it's extremely important is that, you know, finding your own path, being able to do something that you can, don't worry about comparing yourself with anybody else, run your own race, find the place where you can start. And when you actually do it, you know, the action, action is truly magical, man, because action, I can't explain it, man. I, 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 I'm not pretending to know these things. I think it just does something to you mentally and physically. And once you start seeing just even the, a little bit of success, just like that much, it just keeps you motivated, you know? Oh, that's great. I, I, I completely understand. Completely understand. Once you get, but the thing is, is when it comes to fitness, as I said to you before, once you get over that and then you, you get that, you, you get the bug. Everyone always talks about getting the fitness bug and I've had it before and it's amazing. It's amazing. I was out there all the time, lifting the weights, running, even though I hated running and I still hate running a little bit now and I hate circuit training. The worst thing about me is cardio. I fucking hate cardio. I think it's, I think whoever invented cardio is literally the spawn of Satan. I think they're horrible, but it's just because it's hard. But um, yeah, and let's, let's, let's just stay there for a second. When you say cardio, what, what exactly your perception of that? Well, when you, look, when you look at cardio doing the running, anything that's obviously that, to be fair, anything that's going to keep you alive, to be quite honest with you, it's stuff that's going to actually kind of like running, circuit training, all that sort of stuff. Like, um, what's it called? Um, aero, aero. I used to do that. I did this. I'm, I'm honing into my old school school yeah. um, uh, uh, physical education right now. Yeah, cardio, yeah, yeah. Is it cardiovascular or is it? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got it. Yeah, is that the right one? Yeah. Yeah, look at that. I could yeah. see Mr. McCroskey, my old PE teacher. Listen to this. He's probably dead now, but I tell you what, you taught me one thing and I remembered it. Well done, buddy. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to tell you, so I, I'm, you know, running, I, I've had love-hate relationship with running too, you know, throughout yeah. my life. Um, but cardio can you can do squats for example right you can just do bodyweight squats and then depending on how fast you do it they could be your cardio because essentially what 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 is cardio cardio is increasing your heart rate right yeah right i think that the, the conventional way of thinking of cardio is being able to run for 35 minutes 45 minutes one hour whatever you know like being able to sustain activity for a longer period of time well if i'm going to do really really quick pace 10 to 15 minute workout that's going to elevate my heart rate that's the cardio and i don't have to run to do it you know so that's another thing too like it's it's changing the stigma you know about a particular modality of training because if you're moving fast if i'm dancing let's say i'm doing zumba you know zumba i love zumba yeah i, I actually used to teach zumba so 
I lost so, the bet. I lost the bet in Zumba, by the way, Yuri. I'll tell you soon about this. I did. One of the girls I know was um, running. She's a, she's a big runner. She runs all the marathons. She did London Marathon a couple of years ago, good effort. But during that time, she, she runs a Zumba class. And I said to yeah. her, she can do this. Um, uh, I think it was something like a, a half marathon. She can do it under a certain time. I can't remember. I think it was under some, so many hours. I will come on to your Zumba class uh, dressed up. And um, old school, like in our 80s flash dance get up, you know, we're talking about the hot pants, the pink hot pants, the headband, the, um, the, the off the shoulder t-shirt and all that. And, uh, and she, I think, gave her a little bit of motivation. Didn't expect her to do it. She only went and yeah. fucking smashed it by about five, sec- five seconds. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. So there you go. So I did some Zumba with some, uh, so, uh, some uh, interesting ladies who weren't expecting me to rock up in some very revealing outfits and uh, do some Zumba. And I tell you what, that's hard work. Oh, my God, man. I was just going to tell you, you know, I used to burn like around 800 calor- uh, calories in one hour in my Zumba class, you know? That's ridiculous. So, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. I was sweating buckets after that. I was like, yeah, holy man. shit. You use every muscle group. And after I was even aching the next day, I was like, oh, I'm feeling a bit kind of not quite right here, to be honest. I didn't expect it because it is, you don't realize when you're doing it because it's so uplifting and so fun with the music or that sort of stuff. You don't, under, you don't realize it's actually, you're doing a lot of exercise here. Yeah, uh, you do. Fair enough, you're sweating, but it's, 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 it's a fun way of doing it. So, yes, yeah, so if you look at everyone who's listening, if you fancy doing some Zumba, go for it. I recommend it. <laughs> but yeah. that's the thing. Like, that's a great cardio workout, right? You're going to burn calories. You're going to move, you know, and your, your muscles are actually going to work. So, you know, you don't have to be on treadmill. You don't have to run. You don't have to ride a bike if those things are not your cup of tea. And I love tea, by the way. But you can Pleasure. do Zumba. You can do something else. Right, that's uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. You can you can do a lot more different things. So, um, so Yuri, so what's what, what's what's the plan? What, what's next for you? I mean, I know I can I know you've been um, you're all over the social media, and I love what you're putting out there. The, the content you're putting out there is absolutely amazing. Um, on your Instagram, you do a lot of Instagram lives, don't you? I have done a number of Instagram lives. I would like to do more. Um, because ultimately I'm trying to connect and network with as many fitness um, professionals and just actually people from different walk of life, you know, cause I'm fascinated by people's story and um, just love the conversation because I think right now it's important, but what's next, you know, honestly, right now it's all about being able to help people and, and deliver value. So I've been trying to create content in order to help people out and give my perspective on it because I think I have a lot to share and a lot to give and um, connections, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, life classes been going great. Um, oh, so yeah. definitely that's been, that's been a great initiative. And so a lot going on, man, as far it's as all, the long term, go ahead. So I was going to say it's all virtual just to let people know, you're, can you do it online sort of thing? You're on, you're on. You're yes. On, Yes, yes, yes. It's on Instagram, um, and it's been virtual up to this point. Yes. Oh, brilliant! So people can get you like do your like kind of daily workouts. They can just log in and just kind of chat away to you. That's a that is. I tell you what, that is a brilliant idea. That's a great idea. I mean, there's this guy who's doing it in the UK. I don't like him as much, but I've listened to some of your sort of stuff of what you're doing, and I I, I like you better than he is because he's rubbish. I don't like him. 
I don't like it when people go mainstream and sell out. You're not. You, you've got the. You're going towards the, the core. You've still got that message behind what you're doing. He's not. He's he's sold out. I'm not going to mention his name, but you know he's on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, people have the opportunity to do this. They can join the class, and I would love for them to try it out and just see it for themselves. It's a very easy. When I say very easy, it's not easy. It's a simple format. You're going to have to work, but it's simple in terms of it's about 10 to 15 minutes worth of actual workout time, right? So I usually take three to four exercises, put them back to back. So it's a circuit training. And then we do about three rounds of, of all of this, right? Each exercise between 30 seconds to 60 seconds in length. And they are, most of it is body uh, weight exercises in nature. So um, the, the neat part about it is that we're able to adjust to different fitness levels on the spot. So I usually give a regression for each exercise and progression. So my goal is to actually educate and equip people with knowledge of how to, how to be able to adjust exercises on the fly. And I want them to take that skill away from it because essentially you can take any movement and you can make it harder or easier and you can adjust it to your own fitness level. And that's the beauty of it. Oh, that's great. I mean, yes, yes, you're basically giving the knowledge of this is where you they start off and this is where you can get when you get a bit, a bit more advanced. This is where you can get to. And then you can tweak it to make sure it, if you've got, say, like injuries, you can actually tweak that sort of exercise to be better than that sort of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the goal is absolutely, that's it. And, and the goal is for them to actually be able to do it in the class so they learn on the fly. They learn as they move. And I tell them these things as we move. So we do a warm-up and I will show them during the warm-up. And then I tell them, I encourage them, hey, when you go, you must work at your own level. That's the key, you know? Because some of the things that I do may be easy for some, may be hard for some. So you have to find your own space, happy. I call it the balance place, right? Place of where you feel it, but where you can sustain it. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, that sounds really good. I might actually catch you up on the next Instagram live. When, when do you normally do them? I usually do them at 6 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. So it's a little bit late for you. Uh, that's the only drawback. I think it's 11 o'clock uh, your time, but you can still check it out. And then in the weekend, sometimes why do them at 12 p.m., which is 5 p.m. your time. So maybe, maybe a good time sometimes for people to join the weekend. It's okay. Uh, 11 p.m., there's, 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 there's no time off for fitness, Yuri. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm on it. Next one you do. When you, your next one's in a few hours, isn't it? I'm having a yeah, tea. Well, yeah. I'm sitting here drinking right now. I've, I'm, I've, I've got a few cans of beer because it's VE Day over here. You know what I mean? So we're uh, we're, we're celebrating. So I might I, I, I might tune into it. I'm not going to probably exercise much because yeah. <laughs> I will be. But I'll get I'll, I'll, I'll tune in. I'm up for that. I think it'd be good fun. Yeah, actually, you, can, you can check it out. You can just see it. You know. So, so um, where can we find you, Yuri? Where can we find you? Get, give us some heads up. What about Instagram handles, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on most of social media platforms, that I think, at this point. So you can find me. I will just give you a forum right off the top. So on uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, you can find me under uh, Gains Finder. Gains finder, right? Yep. So I'll, I'll put this obviously in the description of the podcast anyway, so people can find out what's going on and where you are. Yeah. But can I just can I just can I relate to that you're on TikTok right now? I am. I am. I didn't realize you're um, a sixteen year old kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm always going to be Keenan Howard, man. <laughs> like, oh, that was the best answer coming back. That was the best one. I didn't know how you were going to react to that, but I love the comeback from that. I love it. But, uh, TikTok's <laughs> I'm amazing. Proud of it. I'm TikTok's, proud of it, man. Yeah, TikTok's good. TikTok's good, to be fair. It's got a lot. To be fair, I am actually addicted. And I can't believe how many TikTok stars after this lockdown that is created, that app is created. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, actually, so I forgot to mention the podcast is also Ooh. Gains Finder, and that's uh, currently on Anchor and Spotify. And I believe it should be, from what I understand, um, to appear on uh, Apple Apple Podcast in, in a week yeah. or so. And, um, and I also have a Facebook group. It's called Burn It to Earn It. Uh, burn It to Earn It with a two is a number in between. Burn It to Earn It. So if anyone interested in being a part of the community, uh, fitness community, and they can join the group and I post videos there. We have discussions there. Uh, right now it's growing. So it's very exciting to see. So I welcome everyone. Everyone is welcome. And, you know, it, the key is to, is to share knowledge, experiences, and to really support each other. Yuri, that sounds absolutely fantastic. You're obviously, you've got uh, a good vision and you've obviously got a lot of stuff going on right now. And I'm very excited. We need to do a little catch up over the next few months to so keep keep in touch, see how you're getting on. And uh, I'll obviously try and um, log into your Facebook live, uh, your Instagram lives. I don't know how good it'll be, but I'll do what I can. I'll do my best. But um, Yuri, we'll wrap this up, mate. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, mate. I, you've come out with some great partners and uh, hopefully the listeners can take a lot of feedback from this. Ryan, it's been awesome. I thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, I love what you're doing as well with the podcast and I wish you nothing but success, growth and prosperity, my friend. Let's stay in touch and let's make the world a better place, man. No problem at all. Yuri, thanks very much. Take care. See you, buddy. Have a great one.